Good morning and welcome to the Saturday, January 27th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a podcast that is dedicated to prayer, devotion, scripture reading, and Bible study. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. There's a lot of great listening over there, over 60 well-curated podcasts, wide, wide variety of topic areas, all covered from a biblical worldview. My brothers and sisters in Christ over there are doing a great job for the kingdom. I would definitely encourage you to get on over there. Um, you're going to find great, great listening. I will guarantee you, you're going to find at least something you want to listen to. And there's a really good possibility you're going to find more over there to listen to than you actually have time to listen to it in. And I say that from actual happenstance for myself. Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> sorry. With it being a Saturday, we're just doing our Bible study and our devote or our Bible reading and our devotion and our prayer this morning. And I'm sorry I didn't get this out earlier this morning. I actually got tied up with stuff last night, so didn't get it recorded last night. So I'm actually recording it on a Saturday morning with you, sitting here with my cup of coffee. Um, and no, it's not Black Rifle or anything. It's just store brand decaf. I'm being a little being a little frugal. Um, but let's go ahead and let's open up with the seventh day morning prayer. This is called God's Good Pleasure. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, thy will is supreme in heaven and earth, and all beings are creatures of thy power. Thou art the father of our spirits. Thy inspiration gives us understanding. Thy providence governs our lives. But, O oh God, we are sinners in thy sight. Thou hast judged us so, and if we deny it, we make thee a liar. Yet in Christ thou art reconciled to thy rebellious subjects. Give us the ear of faith to hear him the eye of faith to see him, the hand of faith to receive him, the appetite of faith to feed upon him, that we might find in him light, riches, honor, eternal life. Thou art the inviting one. May we hearken to thee. The almighty instructor, teach us to live to thee. The light dweller, inaccessible to man and angels, hiding thyself behind the elements of creation, but known to us in Jesus. Possess our minds with the grandeur of thy perfections. Thy love to us and Jesus is firm and changeless. Nothing can separate us from it, and in the enjoyment of, of it, nothing can make us miserable. Preserve us from hypocrisy and formality in religion. Enable us to remember what thou art and what we are. To recall thy holiness and our unworthiness. Help us to approach thee clothed with humility, for vanity, forwardness, insensibility, disorderly affection, backwardness to duty, proneness to evil are in our hearts. Let us never forget thy patience, wisdom, power, faithfulness, care, and never cease to respond to thy invitations. Amen. All right. Uh, hang on a minute. Yep. Uh, I should have known that was not going to work. There we go. All right. And give me a second. I need a little bit of coffee. All right. And now our morning devotion from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. Uh, the text for it is from John 1.16, and of his fullness have, we all, have all we received. These words tell us that there is a fullness in Christ. There is a fullness of essential deity, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. There is a fullness of perfect manhood, for in him bodily that Godhead was revealed. There is a fullness of atoning efficacy in his blood, for the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. There is a fullness of justifying righteousness in his life, for there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. 
there is a fullness of divine prevalence in his plea, for he is able to save to the uttermost them that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. There is a fullness of victory in his death, for through death he destroyed him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. There is a fullness of efficacy in his resurrection from the dead, for by it we are begotten again unto a lively hope. There is a fullness of triumph in his ascension, for when he ascended up on high, he led, capt he led captivity captive and received gifts for men. There is a fullness of blessings of every sort and shape, a fullness of grace to pardon, of grace to regenerate, of grace to sanctify, of grace to preserve, and of grace to perfect. There is a fullness at all times, a fullness of comfort and affliction, a fullness of guidance and prosperity, a fullness of every divine attribute, of wisdom, of power, of love, a fullness which it were impossible to survey, much less to explore. It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Oh, what a fullness must this be of which all receive! Fullness indeed must there be when the stream is always flowing, and yet the well spring up. I'm sorry, and yet the well springs up as free, as rich, as full as ever. Come, believer, and get all thy need supplied. Ask largely, and thou shalt receive largely, for this fullness is inexhaustible and is treasured up, where all the needy may reach it, even in Jesus Emmanuel. God with us. All right. Let me get a little bit more coffee here, and then we're going to start our scripture reading. Sorry, this is kind of the first liquid I did just get up, and this is my first liquid for the day, so I'm a little dried out. All right. So we're going to be reading Exodus 4 and 5 through to verse 21, Matthew 18, the first 20 verses, Psalm 22, verse 19 through 31, so finishing up that psalm, and then Proverbs 5, verse 15 to 21, I think that finishes up Proverbs 5 as well, I think. Um, when I was setting it up, I think that's what I saw. But anyways, Exodus 4, hear the word of the Lord. Then Moses answered and said, What if they will not believe me and will not listen to my voice? For they may say, Yahweh has not appeared to you. And Yahweh said to him, what is this in your hand? And he said, a staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. And Yahweh said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand and took hold of it and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that Yahweh, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And Yahweh furthermore said to him, Now put your hand into your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom, then he took it out, and behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then he said, Return your hand into your bosom. So he returned his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out of his bosom, behold, it returned to being like the rest of his flesh. And so it will be, if they will not believe you or listen to the witness of the first sign, they may believe the witness of this last sign. But if it will be that they will not believe even these two signs, and that they will not listen to your voice, then you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry land, and the water which you take from the Nile will become blood on the dry land." Then Moses said to Yahweh, Please, Lord, I have never been a man of words, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your slave, for I am one with a hard mouth and a hard tongue. And Yahweh said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who, ma who makes him mute, or deaf, or seeing, or blind? Is it not I, Yahweh? So now go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth, and will instruct you what you shall speak. 
But he said, Please, Lord, send now the message by whomever you will. Then the anger of Yahweh burned against Moses, and he said, Is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he can certainly speak, and moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you, and he will see you and be glad in his heart. And you are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will instruct you in what you shall do. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people, and he will become as a mouth for you, and you will become as God to him. And you shall take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. Then Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go, that I may return to my brothers who are in Egypt, and see if they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And Yahweh said to Moses and Midian, Go, return to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and mounted them on a donkey and returned to the land of Egypt. Moses also took the staff of God in his hand. And Yahweh said to Moses, When you go to return to Egypt, see to it that all the miraculous wonders which I have put in your hand, that you do them before Pharaoh. But as for me, I will harden his heart with strength, so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says Yahweh, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I said to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. But you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Now it happened at the lodging place on the way that Yahweh encountered him and sought to put him to death. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched his feet with it. And she said, you are indeed a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. At that time, she said, you are a bridegroom of blood with reference to the circumcision. Then Yahweh said to Aaron, go to meet Moses in the wilderness. So he went and encountered him at the mountain of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of Yahweh with which he had sent him and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered all the elders of the sons of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which Yahweh had spoken to Moses. He then did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed, and they heard that Yahweh cared about the sons of Israel, and that he had seen their affliction. So they bowed low and worshipped. Exodus 5 through to verse 21. And afterward, Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, Thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is Yahweh, that I should listen to his voice to let Israel go? I do not know Yahweh, and also I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three-day journey, three days journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God, lest he confront us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their work? Get back to your hard labors. And Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are now many, and you would have them cease from their hard labors. So on that day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters over the people and their foremen, saying, You are no longer to give the people straw to make brick as previously. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the quota of bricks which they were making previously you shall set upon them. You are not to reduce any of it, because they are lazy. Therefore they are crying out, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let their slavery be hard on the men, and let them work at it, so that they will have no regard for false words. So the taskmasters of the people and their foremen went out and spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I am not going to give you any straw. You go 
and get straw for yourselves wherever you can find it, but no amount of your slave labor will be reduced. So the people scattered through all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for straw, and the taskmasters were pressing them, saying, Complete your work quota, the daily amount, just as when there was straw. Moreover, the foremen of the sons of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not completed your required amount, either yesterday or today, and making brick as previously? Then the foreman of the sons of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why do you deal this way with your slaves? There is no straw given to your slaves, yet they keep saying to us, Make bricks, and behold, your slaves are being beaten, but it is the sin of your own people. But he said, You are lazy, lazy. Therefore you say, Let us go and sacrifice to Yahweh. So now go and labor, but straw will not be given to you, yet you must deliver the quota of bricks. Then the foreman of the sons of Israel saw that they were in trouble because they were told, You must not reduce your daily amount of bricks. When they left Pharaoh's presence, they confronted Moses and Aaron, standing there to meet them, and they said to them, May Yahweh look upon you and judge, for you have made us a foul smell in Pharaoh's sight and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. All right, Matthew 18 through to verse 20. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever therefore will humble himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it is better for him that a heavy millstone be hung around his neck, and that he be drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks, for it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come. Nevertheless, woe to that man through whom the stumbling block comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, Cut it off and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the internal, eternal fire. Excuse me. And if your eyes cause you to stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into the fiery hell. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angel in heaven, their angels in heaven, continually see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If any man has one hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go and search for the one that is straying? And if it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine which have not gone astray. In this way, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones perish. Now if your brother sins, go and show him his fault between you and him all alone. And if he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every fact may be confirmed. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he re refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as the Gentile and the tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by, by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. All right, Psalm 22, verses 19 through 31, through the end of the chapter. 
But you, O Yahweh, be not far off. O my strength, hasten to my help. Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion, from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will surely recount your name to my brothers. In the midst of the assembly I will praise you. You who fear Yahweh, praise him. All you seed of Jacob, glorify him, and, in, and stand in awe of him, all you seed of Israel. For he has not despised, and he has not abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him. But when he cried for, to him for help, he heard. Of you is my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise Yahweh. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to Yahweh, and all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is Yahweh's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust will bow before him. Even he who cannot keep his soul alive, their seed will serve him. It will be recounted about the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done it. And Proverbs 5, verses 15 through 21. Oh, so not quite the end of the chapter, but almost. Drink water from your own cistern, and fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets? Let them be for you alone, and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed, and be glad in the wife of your youth. As a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breasts satisfy you at all times. Be intoxicated always with her love. So why should you, my son, be intoxicated with a strange woman, and embrace the bosom of a foreign woman? For the ways of a man are before the eyes of Yahweh, and he watches all his tracks. All right, well that is our reading for the day. I thank you for spending this time with me again. I'm sorry I didn't get it out last night, um, get this recorded last night so it would be out first thing this morning. But I thank you for taking this time to be with me this morning. Um, I hope you have yourself a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend um, and that you worship with the saints. And I almost forgot something. We have our last devotion. This is from uh, Thomas Watson's Glorifying God. And let me see. There's the 27th. All right. For January 27th, the devotion here. And let me see. Um, the, the paper in here is a darker color, so it can be a little hard to read from. Um, in the light, this, my, my office where I usually record this, the light is very, very good, but I'm downstairs and the light here is not as good, which has always been a problem in this house. All right. Well, our devotion from Watson's, um, glorifying God, uh, the title for it is our actions glorify God. Um, the scripture is first Corinthians 10 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Well, there you go. Uh, absolutely. We glorify God when we have an eye to God in our natural and in our civil actions. In our natural actions, a gracious person holds the golden bridle of temperance. He takes his meat as a medicine to heal the decays of nature that he may be the, f he may be the fitter by the strength he receives for the service of God. He makes his food not fuel for lust, but help to duty. In buying and selling, we do all to the glory of God. The wicked live upon unjust gain by falsifying the balance, balances, as in Hosea 12.7. The balances of deceit are in his hand. 
Thus, while men make their weights lighter, they make their sins heavier. When by exacting more than the commodity is worth, when they exact double the price that a a thing is worth. We buy and sell to the glory of God when we observe that golden maxim, to do to others as we would have them do to us, so that when we sell our commodities, we do not sell our consciences also. Herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. Acts 24.16 We glorify God when we do nothing that may reflect any blemish on the Christian faith. There you go. Um, Yeah, um, Westminster Shorter Catechism. Very first question, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And uh, we, we only glorify God when we behave appropriately, when we walk the true worthy walk that um, Paul describes in Ephesians um, verses or chapters four through six, that worthy walk. Um, <laughs> you know, that is the only way and we must do so with uh, integrity and honor and, and, and humility um, and many other wonderful godly attributes. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what a great devotion from Thomas Watson. All right. So again, this has been our, been our episode for today. Thank you for spending this time with me again. I hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. Um, I I would implore you to worship with the saints. If you are not able to please join us, we will be live streaming starting at 1230 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, you can find us at Vail Valley Baptist church on Facebook and at, at VVB church on Twitter or we will be live streaming. Um, Pastor Jay, we're moving into Matthew chapter 13 today or th- tomorrow, Sunday. Um, so looking, looking very, very much forward to that. Um, and so again, if you cannot physically worship with them, please join us, but otherwise please plan to physically worship with, with the saints. We are called to do so. And if you're in the area, we would love to have you join us. Um, definitely, definitely you would be an answer to prayer. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and close out with the seventh day evening prayer. It's called future blessing. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, there is no blessing we implore, but thou art able to give, hast promised to give, hast given already to countless multitudes, all unworthy and guilty like ourselves. Make us willing to receive the supply of our need from thy bounty. To this end, convince us of sin. Soften our hard hearts to bewail our folly, ingratitude, pride, unbelief, rebellion, corruption. Though the law, through the law may we die to the law, then look with wonder, submission, delight to the provisions thou hast made for the glory of thy name in the salvation of sinners. Give us a hope that makes us not ashamed, to a, a love that excites to holy obedience, a joy in thee that is our strength, a faith in thy Son who loved us and died for us. May we persevere in duty, when not fully conscious of thee, wait upon thee and keep thy way. Be humble and earnest suppliance at thy feet. Live continually as on the brink of eternity. Let us be at thy disposal for the duties and events of life. Submit our preferences to thy wisdom and will. Resign our enjoyments if thou shouldst require it as our absolute proprietor and best friend. In our unworthiness and provocations, make us grateful for the means of grace and the ordinances of religion, and teach us to profit by them more than we have done. Help us to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day, to enter upon the Sabbath mindful of its solemnities, duties, privileges, setting all things worldly aside while we worship Thee. May we know the blessedness of men whose strength is in Thee, and in whose hearts are the highways to heaven. 
Amen. All right, again, I hope you have yourself a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend, and I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Have a good one. God bless.